Welcome to Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and explore the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I'm excited to be joined by Elizabeth Michaels, who leads sales strategy and operations for the ARVR team at Facebook. Prior to this, she spent eight years at Google, working in a number of roles across sales and business development. Elizabeth graduated from UCLA in 2009 with a degree in political science. Elizabeth, welcome to Bruin Success. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, wonderful. So to get started, uh, we'd love to learn more about your current role today. Can you share a little bit more about what your role entails on the ARVR team at Facebook? And can you give an example of maybe a current project that you're working on? So first of all, uh, people don't always know what Facebook's augmented and virtual reality team is. That's what ARVR stands for. Um, and our team builds and ships hardware and software products um, that are focused on helping people to feel closer together. So on the augmented reality side, we have um, something called Spark AR, which is Facebook's augmented reality platform. Um, and then on the virtual reality side, we have Oculus, which is Facebook's virtual reality hardware. I was going to say, I've heard of Oculus. Yeah, people don't always know that Oculus is from Facebook. So okay. Oculus is a Facebook product. Um, and so for myself specifically, I leave, lead strategy and operations for our global sales organization. Um, so my role, I kind of like to describe it as a product manager, um, but my product is our team and our organization. So my job is really to make sure that the organization is healthy, that it's functioning efficiently, that we're communicating effectively, and that we're continually improving. Mm. Um, and so one project that I'm actually working on right now that has been really interesting um, is actually related to what's going on in the world and, and remote work. Yeah. Um, so figuring out um, how we can increase morale and how we can build community as a team while we're working remotely. Um, so how can we help to feel united? How can we motivate people? Um, which is something that has been really, really interesting. I'm sure. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I was, when I was asking the project question, I'm like, I'm sure there's been so many things that have come up as a result of COVID-19 that you all are trying to, you know, work through or ideate and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just with our products, but it's, you know, with our team, you know, how are we, yeah. how are we being, you know, mindful of the fact that it's really difficult time for people and right. we're lucky that we're able to work remotely, but that's also hard. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you went from political science student at UCLA to working for two of the top technology companies in the world? Yeah, so I will start out by saying that I was not particularly motivated by business while I was at UCLA. <laughs> and my junior year, maybe I kind of dipped my toes in trying to get a job in consulting or internship at the time. Mm -hmm. And quickly realized that was just not going to happen. <laughs> um, so I was really interested, um, however, in research when I was in college. So I did research for Professor Lynn Baverick, and I was really, really interested in how technology impacts politics, mm. um, specifically social media and blogs. 
So I thought um, that I was going to get a PhD. I did a lot of research. I did an undergraduate honors thesis in political science. And I actually went directly after UCLA to England to the Oxford Internet Institute. Okay. And um, I went to go and study elections and politics. Um, Quickly realized there that it was really, really interesting, but I didn't want to do research for the rest of my life. So (laughs) I thought, okay, I'll just go and um, work for Google, which at the time I I applied online, got a job. Wow. Honestly, didn't know what I was going to be doing, but I knew that Google was a good company. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I, I didn't know. Um, and so the job itself was helping small businesses with their advertising. Okay. And that's kind of, it's, it went from there. I was there for eight years. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. I feel like it's, it's funny you say that because I feel like there's a lot of people who's stories or journeys sound like that, right? Where it's like you, you apply, you get this job and you're like, well, you know, I know it's a good company. You may know the reputation of it, or you have, you know, a friend that works there says good things. And then it's kind of finding your way once you're there. And yeah, eight years later, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So I, I mean, I really enjoyed helping small businesses and I learned a lot. So at Google, I basically got digital advertising 101 which was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I learned a ton about digital marketing and advertising. And I ended up working across four offices wow. in three continents and across five different teams. Oh my goodness. So I really tried to push myself and just try different things while I was there. And I, I learned a lot. Oh, that's so awesome. Wow. So the popularity of non-technical roles in technology has only increased in the last few years, and many young adults aspire to break into the non-tech side of tech. What words of wisdom can you share with individuals that are pursuing a non-technical career in tech about how to kind of break in or get a foot in the door? And are there any resources that you'd recommend for those that want to enhance their technical skill set? So... I I will say I was a political science major at UCLA, but I really learned to write and to think critically. And those are two skills that are not technical, but that help me every day in my job. Right. So in my current role, I write communications that go to thousands of people. Um, And I really think that writing skills are underappreciated in the Mm -hmm. business world. Yeah but are so important, especially as we're remote. Um, you see that, you know, definitely. (laughs) Right. Um, So I really would say, um, you know, I'm grateful for my liberal arts major, write, you know, read and write. It sounds silly, but you're not going to have time to hone those skills when you get into the working world. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of critical thinking, I, in my current job, I'm taking information from teams across our organization and making sense of it and then synthesizing it and building plans. And, you know, I actually attribute my honors thesis to really having pushed me to think critically Mm -hmm. and break up a big problem into clear digestible pieces. Um, And so I I think that, you know, writing and critical thinking are going to help you in any job that you have. Yeah, 100%. So more specifically, you know, getting a job in tech mm-hmm. um, is hard. I know that. Um, 
I think just reaching out to people. So I've found um, reaching out to people on LinkedIn, reaching out to people in networking events, putting yourself out there. It sounds corny. Um, I think I already said something sound corny. (laughs) So um, putting yourself out there just a little bit goes a really long way. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give an example. I would not say that I'm great at this. It's something I still really work on. Um, but I did research, as I mentioned, with pr- Professor Vavrick um, at UCLA. And I was in her undergraduate class, I think my sophomore year, and marched into her um, office during office hours one day and said, I want to do research for you. What can I do? And that put me on this trajectory of learning so much and um, really changed my UCLA experience. I don't know what I was thinking at the time. (laughs) Um, I think I liked her lecture and she was doing some interesting things. Um, It didn't necessarily directly help me with my job in tech, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it gave me confidence that people will say yes, you know, that they want to help you. Yep. Yeah, I think that's such great advice because I think so many, so many people think that, oh, I don't have enough information or I'm not, you know, worthy of their time and things like that. But there is, you know, we've all been there. And so, like you said, just reaching out and you expressing that professor and just going for it, say, hey, I'm interested. Can I help? Can I volunteer? Showing your interest and expressing enthusiasm, you know, can go a long way with someone, you know, being able to be like, oh yeah, like, hey, I'm working on this project. We could use some extra support or, you know, so just, just talking to people and letting them know you're interested and you want to get involved that can open so many doors. Yeah. And I mean, that helps you to get into the door initially and is something that remains true once you get into a big tech firm. You you are not going to just have people telling you do this, do that all the time. Taking initiative, seeing a problem and like figuring out how to solve it is, is very important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So about um, three weeks ago, I read an article on the Facebook blog spotlighting you and the women of the ARVR team and the work you're doing on the education committee to develop curriculum and educational programs for young women, underrepresented groups, and under-resourced students who are interested in careers in tech and gaming. Congrats, first of all, on this highlight. Um, I loved you know, reading a little bit more about this work. So can you talk to us a little bit more about this work you're doing on this committee and how it's working to open more doors for diverse individuals to pursue careers in technology? Yeah, so I, I love the fact that Facebook supports these community organizations and what we call business resource groups. Um, I'm grateful that I'm able to spend so much time working on this. Um, so the education committee actually grew organically. Um, yeah, so it was uh, a few women from, we have, we have an an employee research resource group called the women of ARVR. And some of us were just talking about how we wanted to, um, host educational events at Facebook. And so it, it really just started from that. Um, and someone had a connection to a teacher and we brought some students to campus and that so over the course of a year or so turned into a, a committee of women who really are focused on giving access to information about careers in tech, about our technology and helping to 
drive a next generation of tech workers, hopefully. Yeah. So what we do is we um, bring students typically to our campus um, and we, we host events where we do anything from a career panel and a campus tour um, where we just kind of talk a little bit about what it's like to work at Facebook um, to a hackathon. So in November, we went up to Washington and we hosted a hackathon um, where a group of girls coded and made robots. Um, they were, yeah, I did not lead the hackathon portion. I did more of the uh, logistics and organization <laughs> and communication, my core competencies. Um, <laughs> that liberal arts skill set right there. There we exactly. go. Yeah. Um, but we, we hosted a hackathon. So it was a group of girls who were all under the age of 18, teaching wow. them coding skills. Many of them had never, um, coded previously. Wow. So it's, it's, yeah, I I love it. It's really rewarding, um, just to see the aha moment, um, in these young women and sometimes men, um, we're, we're open to (laughs) to our events, (laughs) but it's, um, you know, it's really wonderful to see people who don't think that they have a path to a career in tech, um, see, oh, th- there are many different types of jobs. I can be a video game developer. I love playing video games. And, you know, there's a woman who spoke on one of our career panels who talked about how she turned that love of video games into a job. Wow. And of course, she worked hard and she got a computer science degree. Yeah. But it's, it's really wonderful to see people's eyes open um, about the different career opportunities. Yeah. And that's so, I think that's so awesome too, that like you were saying that Facebook allows you and your, you know, colleagues to give you, give you all that space to be able to, you know, take something that you're all passionate about. And like you said, started off with you guys saying, Hey, let's just, you know, like I know a teacher, let's maybe, you know, host some, some, you know, kids and students, and then to see it grow um, into, you know, a variety of different events or programs and panels that you all are able to do. I think that's amazing to see, you know, allowing you all to be able to do this and expand Facebook's reach into the community and open kind of that pipeline or expand it. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah, no, I, um, it's also helped me to meet people from throughout the company. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. so we're helping to build community in the world, but we've also developed a network and I've met people, um, you know, who work, there's a game designer, um, as I had mentioned, there are people from our operations team, there are people from throughout the company, um, especially within ARVR, but throughout the company that I've met working on some of these projects. So it's, it's also helped me, which is, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Expanding your own internal network network. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So as we enter a new decade, what trends do you see emerging in the ARVR world? And what industries do you think can have the most societal impact from successfully adopting and implementing this technology? Yeah, there's there's so much going on in ARVR right now. It's really exciting to be. Yeah, I would say especially I feel like given our current circumstances with COVID-19, I'm sure like the, you know, spike in your work has just... <laughs> As you're like nodding, yeah. <laughs> yes, it definitely. Um, there are a number of articles around about people using Portal, our video um, yeah. 
calling device in, in really unique ways um, to hang out with their friends and family. And I've definitely used it to, to feel yeah. better. We should probably have been on a portal right now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm really excited about training in VR. Um, and so we're seeing training uh, in all different areas of um, industry in medical training, um, we're seeing training in education, um, universities, and, and that's something that is really in, in the beginning stages of probably, you know, what, what, what we'll probably see, who knows. Yeah. Um, but you can bring education and learning to life in such an interesting way. And I think that the impact will be, can be so broad. So anyone from training of a Walmart associate to training of a surgeon mm. to training um, or education of, um, you know, a UCLA student, mm -hmm. I think that that's going to be uh, really impactful. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, like you said, so many different industries, even just naming healthcare education, like when we think of the amount of, you know, required trainings or, you know, live demos that were, you know, things like that for different products or services that people are launching. I can only imagine the, you know, kind of opportunities there for, you know, VR to kind of come into that space and really be able to capitalize there. Yeah, I think it, I think it will be, um, truly transformative. Mm -hmm. um, I, virtual reality is is amazing and the technology just keeps getting better and better um, over the last couple of years. I will say on the AR side, yeah. I've seen really interesting articles um, just around how brands are using augmented reality okay. to help with shopping and people trying on clothes, especially while we're at home. Yeah, right. And that has been really interesting just for me as a consumer to follow. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll see a lot of interesting um, updates just in the way that AR is used by brands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super exciting. Today we think of AR, um, you know, as as dog ears and um, right. <laughs> like tongues. But uh, the example I love to give, which I think showcases the Ooh. fact that augmented reality is just in our lives, um, is the line of scrimmage in football. Oh, okay. So if you've ever watched a football game, you have probably seen the line of scrimmage on your TV. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's totally normal. You probably couldn't watch the game without it. Right. That's just augmented reality. It's just taking our world and adding a little bit of information to help us. Yeah. And so that, you know, sure, we have dog ears, we can try on lipstick, but <laughs> there's going to be so many other examples like that, that just become a part of our life. Yeah. Um, and that gets me really excited about augmented reality. Yeah, that's, that's so exciting. And what a great example to think of, like, just something that we just are so, you know, it's so embedded now, we don't even maybe realize it, but that is so important to, you know, sporting events or, or as we're watching games and stuff like that. Yeah, there, there are other examples. The weather is another one, yeah. but but it's all over. And that's something that I think people can, can always grasp. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. So in this time of social distancing, where the world has come together more than ever and found new ways to connect, how is Facebook innovating to promote connection and community? Yeah, so Facebook as a company, we're obviously focused on fundamentally building community, bringing people together. 
And we actually just announced today a product called Messenger Rooms. And these are joinable group video chats um, that make it easy to spend quality time with your friends, loved ones, and, and people who share interests with you. Yeah. And so basically, these are rooms that can be created and discovered across our family of apps. So right now, um, what you can do is you can go into Messenger and you can go into Facebook and uh, basically create and join Messenger rooms. Oh, wow. That's so neat. Yeah. So we're, there's, I mean, there's so many examples. I think that on Instagram, if you've seen some of the stickers, stay home and Um, I think that that's been wonderful, but across that, 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 um, excuse me, messenger rooms is a really good example of the company coming together really quickly and and bringing a new product, but across the board, this has been a huge, huge focus for Facebook. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, that's, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting um, just to see people, you know, Portal is a product um, that has a, a camera that keeps you in Zoom, in, excuse me, that keeps you in view oh, right. um, and it zooms so that you don't have to hold your phone awkwardly. Right. Take all, your yeah, I was going to say, we all have been there. <laughs> We've all been there. We've no, you know, you have so many chins when you... Um, <laughs> But but Portal is something we brought to market a couple years ago, and it's something we've we've been focused on finding ways to connect people for decade over a decade now. So um, you know it's really unfortunate times, but um, yeah. Well, like you said, it you know realizing just the growing need here for connection, and that you know you're not able to just drive to see your family or go, you know, visit and no one's trying, you know, so I think being able to create something and especially so quickly where people are going to be able to, you know, put this to use and connect with their loved ones and family and friends wherever they are. Yeah, exactly. Um, so after this pandemic ends, how do you see technology and social connection kind of changing as a result of this? I think it's going to be really interesting to see. No one knows when and how it's going to happen. I don't expect that you have all all the magic answers right now. I mean, I wish. We all (laughs) wish. Um, So in terms of the way technology will change, what I personally am really interested in is how um, some of the habits that we've created are going to stick. Yeah. And the way that we're leveraging technology to communicate using technology in new ways are these things going to continue and these habits going to continue um if I think about personally you know the zoom calls that I have with friends or the portal calls that I have with my family are these um are these going to continue to be our habits or is our use, are the patterns that we've created going to change? Yeah. Um, Also selfishly um, or perhaps not selfishly, but working from home is Mm -hmm. something I've actually learned to really enjoy. Yeah. And I have an extremely long commute. I commute for over an hour every day to work in the South Bay from San Francisco. So 
are we going to work remotely more? How are our work patterns going to change? I think that's going to be something that's really interesting to see for those of us who are fortunate enough to work remotely. Yep, definitely. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's um, spot on. And that's something I've even thought about too. Like you said, just how will we in the new normal after this passes, as we're all trying to kind of get back into our normal, you know, routines, like you said, how will it affect our just, you know, kind of ingrained habits? You know, will we be setting more, you know, even thinking of things like screen time limits and all these things, right, that are built in our phones and our apps. How is that going to change with the amount of time we're spending or the virtual happy hours, all these different things that are now going to become so a part of this time, will those continue? How will we continue to kind of sustain connection through all the different things that are being, you know, platforms and things that we have now? So yeah, I think that's spot on. My final question um, yeah. for our interview is since leaving UCLA, how has your career and life experiences shaped how you define success? So the way that I think about success um, and some advice that I received early on in my career that has really shaped the way I think about success is maximizing for flexibility. Mm. And throughout my career, I really have tried to maximize for options and flexibility because I, I really think that having choices is the key to success. And that's really what I view as success. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure that out. So I definitely have not found the silver bullet, uh, but I do try to prioritize. Um, and what's consistent in my prioritization is really optionality. Mm. Um, and so since I've left UCLA, I've, I've tried to keep optionality by developing different skills, yeah. by changing roles in my career, whether it was at Google or at Facebook and exposing myself to different parts of the business, but always with that lens of flexibility and optionality mm. um, and really just having choices in my life. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the maximizing for flexibility. And um, I think that's such a, I, I think it's such a unique perspective on success. Like you said, not, not limiting ourselves or confining ourselves to maybe one thing and keeping you know, options open and trying new things that how that can lead to success and, and how that can lead to success looking differently in different roles. So um, yeah, that's, that's a, and that's one of the more um, unique answers we've gotten on the success question. Cool. So I love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love that. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for taking time out of your schedule to join us today. I really enjoyed our conversation and it was so great learning more about your journey from UCLA to Facebook. And thank you for all the work you're doing to keep us connected and you know promoting com community and connection and things like that. So thank you so much for your time today. It was great chatting with you. Thank you, likewise, it was, it was great chatting. Thanks, Katie. Of course. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Elizabeth Michaels, Head of Strategy and Operations ARVR Sales at Facebook. You can find more information on Elizabeth in the description of the podcast. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're back with Peter Taylor, President of ECMC Foundation. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.